0: hello claudia and welcome to
1: the podcast hello lindsay thank you for inviting me it's a really big honor
0: Mm. such a pleasure to be here and i know we have a number of topics that I would love to talk about on the podcast, but today's episode is so, so special. And I'm just so excited that you agreed that the stars have aligned and that we've chosen to sit down and talk about conscious miscarriage today. Yes. So thank you for your vulnerability and your courage.
1: Yes. Although immediately I have to jump in because I really dislike the word miscarriage. Mm -hmm. And maybe we can talk about this uh, later, but there's nothing missed about it, Mm -hmm. I feel. It's just a natural abortion, it's a loss, but it's nothing wrong.
0: Mm -hmm.
1: There's nothing wrong with it, as I feel it now, Mm -hmm. after having had two of them. But Labeling things and using words it's just so powerful right so we have to select them well and every time someone says miscarriage something in me just contracts and like no that's not how i feel it yeah
0: okay so for you in defining it you you said uh an abortion Uh,
1: it's a natural abortion natural abortion early pregnancy loss Mm -hmm. just
0: actually in french I don't like it in French, a fausse couche
1: <laughs> yeah, exactly. it's even worse. It's yeah the in it, no, but um, I've heard once an interview where they actually discussed that, and then they they named it just a bord naturel de grossesse, and it's it the letters added up to ange like an angel, and mm-hmm. I really like this, so kind of saying i i I have an angel, I don't have a miscarriage, you know
0: That's, mm-hmm. yeah beautiful i love that okay well good so a natural a natural abortion i'm going to select those words then (laughs) beautiful so yes i just want to begin even though we've already began with a little bit of a disclaimer for our beautiful listeners and our audience here that yes today's episode you already know what it's about and so you already know in your heart if you've had similar experiences or if those close to you have had similar experiences and maybe there can be emotional triggers around this this topic and that's beautiful and that's sacred and honor everything that comes up and only ever listen and ingest as much as you can process and so if at any time throughout this this conversation you're feeling a bit overwhelmed or you feel your emotions are very strong please take a break please take a pause go connect with nature connect with a loved one or a friend or even seek out professional support and and really don't stay alone in your triggered spiral but let this be a process of transformation Anytime we're ever triggered, it's just showing that something's already been there. So if that happens today, uh, please do seek support in whatever ways are going to be best for you.
1: I might have already triggered maybe in some people something by just saying it's not wrong. Um, But I just feel so strongly about the word that I had to immediately jump in. But I can understand if that already created maybe some resistance in some people.
0: Definitely. And so as you can sense already, Claudia's energy is a jumpy one. So be ready. (laughs) Alrighty, love. So I would love to just connect in for a second, give our, give us a little bit of background uh, about yourself, maybe about, I always like to start with what, what, uh, has led you to where you are today. What kind of experiences in your childhood or in your foundation have really built the woman that you are today? Um, but again, as our our topic of today is very focused, uh, you can you can answer that question however you want.
1: Yes, I mean in the bigger sense, my work is about helping people to eat and live in a fertile way, and pregnancy loss is part of it but there's so much more to it and i would say as most of us i've not been conditioned to to walk the fertile path as i like to call it you know the path of abundance and of love and of joy but rather to have yeah, been growing up in in scarcity mindset in with comp- competition with fears with a lot of performance orientation and all of that and so um my childhood experiences also were obviously then colored by, by that. And, um, I think I always was very much connected to some deeper consciousness. Like I, I, my mother once told me that when I was very little, my grandmother, she told her like, Oh, when she looks at you, she looks right through you. But you know, it's like nothing, not something that's in a society or even in a family that is living this scarcity mindset which is it's not very welcome Mm. also as so many of us I had to kind of dim this consciousness and disconnect from this inner wisdom from my body looking for love and belonging in all the wrong places trying to be what people want me to be trying to perform to to be the good girl and all of that and eventually this led me into an eating disorder Mm. Uh, I was keeping myself busy basically with work with exercise and then with counting calories and trying to control my weight and thinking about food all the time and um that, that really took me deep into this whole scarcity thing because i was really living on on, on 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 very little like not not enough to really sustain myself to thrive and um but eventually all of this also had its had its uh, silver lining because in the end it brought me back to the fertile past because already through going through this whole eating disorder, losing my period as a consequence, having lots of hormone imbalances, um, confronted me with this topic relatively quickly and so for me actually this was a major motivation to actually get myself out of this and to start to start slowly finding the way back to something else. And mm. having gone through all these stages and including losing my pregnancy or two actually, today feels like such a blessing because it allows me to help others in similar processes. And, and I also think without all these experiences, I wouldn't have gotten to all these insights You know that eventually allow me to live coming from a much more fertile and joyful place.
0: Mm. Beautiful, beautiful, beautiful. So much there. So I love how you frame that um, with the, the eating disorder plus the working and then the exercising and all this calorie counting and, and how it led to this deep scarcity and living on very little. I just love the, that as a definition and, I'm sure most of us can relate to that at some point in our lives when we've been, when we've allowed the circumstances of our lives and what we've chosen to engage in to result in this deep deep sense of scarcity because usually when we say scarcity most people think immediately about uh, financial scarcity but it's like this is about like the energetic kind of fullness of your heart fullness of your womb, fullness of your creativity almost that's what I'm sensing would you agree
1: yes and definitely I would even say it's not that the eating is other results in scarcity it the, the scarcity mindset which was there at the at the made you know that. I went into all these manifestations of scarcity. Let's say, and indeed, it's not just about money. Um, it, it's it's showing in everything. I mean, that's it's really the basis of my work. I believe we have to transform again the mindset from scarcity, fear, lack, you know, self-loathing, uh, never feeling good enough, never being, enough, never having enough, back into fertile mindset. And indeed, fertility, creativity, it's the same energy. And knowing deep down that everything that happens is inspired by love, it's we are enough, we are worthy, there's enough for everybody, we don't have to compete, we don't have to prove anything. And once we change this, everything changes. We are no longer going to um, destruct, uh, no, self destroy with food or with habits or with relationships or with anything because it's all just coming it's all fueled by these beliefs and convictions that we have deep down all
0: right great and so yes as you said you were already on your path of living in a more fertile way when you became pregnant the first time
1: say it again i'm sorry
0: so you you were already on your path and, and deeply exploring and creating a more fertile way of living and, and experiencing life when you became pregnant for the first time?
1: Yes, I was on the path, definitely. And this is why it came actually as such a shock
0: mm. at the
1: time because I I was already, my work was already focused on hormones, on preconception, on helping people to balance and prepare the body and mind for conception so that you know it all goes smoothly and quickly and we don't have to use medical assistance and everything. And so um, I conceived really easily also. And so this kind of confirmed me and my yes, you know? And then this came out of the blue and like such a shock. And I have to admit, like I really felt for some time, like so de- destabilized also in who I was and who, what I was standing for and like as if I was uh, like a fake or something like it's not working and I cannot I cannot continue doing this because it's not working and that was like the first few days you know like where I was completely like wow. because it came so unexpected which also is because we don't usually talk about it so it's not so um, top of the mind it's I mean for me, for me it wasn't really I wasn't aware that it's so common and that it's you know I should be prepared so uh, that's another thing we need to talk about it more but indeed um, and this whole experience actually allowed me to to continue the process and to even take it further you know to find still okay I've because it's not true obviously what I was telling myself I conceived easily and quickly and I've had done a lot of preparation work and and so it's not that it was all for nothing or it didn't work or something. So, but there was more to it. And I had to still discover a few more things. And that's what it allowed me to do.
0: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And um, how far into the first pregnancy were you when you lost?
1: I lost both at nine and a half weeks.
0: Both at nine and a half weeks. Hmm. mm Hmm. Mm-hmm and um so in in your journey between the first the first conception and then the loss and then preparing yourself to choose to conceive again did you were you consciously um conceiving that that second time as well or was it
1: no if you had asked me i wasn't ready for that It just okay. it just happened um odd circumstances like my ovulation happened much earlier than usually and so i was even i was two weeks over the period and i didn't i didn't it didn't drop because i was it was impossible for me in my mind and so um i would not have chosen it at this point in time but it was actually again a great blessing because it confronted me with these very deep fears then you know of because I was freaking out at some points, especially when the nine and a half weeks were approaching again and and so it really forced me into finding what I call my inner anchor, like really this unshakable trust in a higher power in that you know really everything that happens happens for a reason, even if we cannot always immediately understand it, and that even if this you know if i lose it again that there is some some reason for that and like really trusting that because i felt like okay if i if i if i if i had chosen to succumb to the fear or to let it consume me then it you know it would continue throughout the child's whole life because it's kind of an illusion that once i've reached the 12 weeks i'm safe and nothing can happen anymore and uh that's just an illusion because you know babies can we can still lose pregnancies after 12 weeks that something can happen to a child when it's already born so i felt like i need to get to this this point in me of complete trust that i that i lose in a way this fear of death you know whenever it might occur because we never can be sure there's always this part of uncertainty to life and that's just the way it is and that's also what makes life worth living but um, yeah so in a way it was a huge gift for me to really work with this deep fear of losing baby and I did lose it but you know and I'm still here and I'm actually super grateful uh, for the whole experience looking back so mm. which is again another lesson I mean, we get even if the worst fear so to say comes through comes becomes real we still get out stronger on the other side if we choose so at least
0: definitely definitely and i love this like how you're able to identify in connecting really and finding your anchor and and entering the state of complete trust and confronting the fear of death because this is the thing that i i witnessed um probably the most around and the most um, ignorance. Ignorance in the pure sense of the word to ignore. <laughs> Choosing to engage in ignoring the fact that death exists. And certainly in becoming pregnant, um, we are immediately faced with that. And we can choose to journey through it and with it or not. And the thing is we have so much power and more embodied love that we can anchor in Shall we choose to face it? Shall we choose to journey with it? Shall we choose to come to a place of accepting the full circle of life and all of its mystery and magnificence?
1: And that's so easily said and it's so hard to do, you know, because when I was doing this, it was it was out of mere necessity because I was going crazy, you know? I was really out every single day. I sneezed, I was afraid. I... Felt a pinching in the womb, I was afraid. I, you know, so it was really a necessity to 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 find this because otherwise I was just like, so it's not, it's not easy, but I think that's going through through pregnancy after a miscarriage or a pregnancy loss, that's one way. But in the end, it's applicable to so much more in life. I mean, we this is this fear comes up in so many circumstances. So it's good to find this place in you where you can where you know it's not so much about what happens but that no matter what happens you can be fine even though not everything that happens is going to be fine because it's not you know um and that's just such a gift and for me this was one of the biggest gifts of this whole process because honestly i i i was really questioning the universe why on earth did you send me the second baby which i didn't even ask for and then you take it away again you know it was like it didn't make sense and and then looking back yes it did because it allowed me to yeah to learn this but also to heal actually the first loss because it gave me a few more insights into the process the first time i had didn't i had not had any ultrasound so i had not even seen i didn't know anything about this like at what stage it died and what could have been a possible cause and i didn't have a chance to bury it because it got flushed down the toilet literally and in the second time it was all different because i was more prepared i could spot the sign immediately when i when it started and so i had a chance to see it uh, on the ultrasound i had a chance to actually bury something and it all Yeah, healed something in me, you know, like this, 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 um, grief in a way to not have had this opportunity with the first one. Great. So what I'm
0: feeling in my body is the, even the transformation and how much more consciously you are able to process this loss the second time, clearly. And perhaps what has helped is being able to engage in ritual and become an active participant in the loss itself
1: yes i mean even the first time we did a ritual afterwards to like bury a a plant you know we took a plant which kind of symbolically should replace the the baby and we buried it and we did a ritual and you helped me with imagery and so so there was some some of that also Mm, i think for me i mean as as i said i was already on this path so i had already adopted this belief okay everything happens for a reason so even when in the first time since it came out of the blue i dropped for a few days really into a deep hole this belief which was already there helped me to get out of this very quickly because i immediately started to look for the treasures i started you know i i didn't stay in victim um, Mentality for too long. I was immediately like, "Okay, curious. You know, what's what's the message here? What is it? What's the function? What is it? How is it serving me?" And not like staying into, "Okay, why is this happening to me, poor me?" But um, yeah, how does this serve me, and what can I learn from it? Because that's actually what I feel we lose as an opportunity when we are told, "Oh, don't worry, it's not your fault." It's uh, it's so common. it's uh, just nature selection. it's there's nothing you can do about it. I' obviously that's well intended, and it's and it's I'm not saying we should blame ourselves, but it also closes the door to look a bit deeper and to find you know some treasures in the process. Mm. yeah if we, and to assume actually responsibility because sometimes, yes, there are things we can do in the body in the mind um and that might be very confronting and we do we might not want to look there but we have to if we don't just want to repeat the same thing again and that's you know i had so much suffered the first time also because it was an emergency The, the place the place i went to for assistance the hospital it was horrible it was really traumatic it was painful it was 12 hour process ah, so if there's anything I could do to prevent that the next time, I want to know. I don't want to just be told, bad luck. Mm. No, (laughs) you know, for me, I was really like starting to dive deeper, even into the hormones and into emotional conflicts and questioning even my relationship and many things, you know, Um, do I really Mm. want a child and do I really want it in these circumstances? And asking the uncomfortable questions.
0: Mm, So great, and I just, it's so, so important that you, just to highlight what you say about the personal responsibility in this. Because yes, it's not about putting blame on yourself and saying, oh shit, I did it, or I did it again, for example. But I've supported a number of women now that have had multiple miscarriages and then have found their way to me in some way. And to just quickly overviewing their lives we can see that in the first part of the pregnancy they're not taking the responsibility to slow down to stop doing so much to really guard the uterus and the womb as this vulnerable space that it is in the first trimester and um, i'm thinking of one one particular session that was super charged because really holding space for that woman to recognize where she does have responsibility, where she can, and and the grief that then was able to come out of that and be expressed. Because that's the thing. We all know deep within us about our sacred responsibility and about our full power. And there's a part within us that is deeply grieving when we don't access that. And it needs to be recognized and integrated and really welcomed up Fully so that we can claim that and go forward and creating whatever it is that we want. And I love that, you know, you were able to take this time with these deep, uncomfortable questions about your relationship, about if children are for you at this moment and, and how it has also transformed your life. I've seen your life completely transform in the last few years. And you-
1: honestly, I mean... Sometimes we can only see the blessings looking back, right? Most of the time, actually. And, and just seeing what I've been able to live now that I wasn't pregnant actually made it all worse for me. And um, it sounds so hard because, you know, it sounds so hard to actually say, you know, actually, I prefer this experience over having had the child then because it feels like, okay, a child is kind of the, it's a human being and it's like, the most precious thing. And we have to just be honest if that's not true at this moment for us, you know? Yeah. And um, and that's not a judgment. It's not that you're a bad person for that. It's just the way it is. And, um, and for me, it wasn't the right moment yet. I had to still go through some other experiences, really live more first, another archetype of woman also. Um, before going into the mother archetype and also in my case indeed the relationship was not the right one and actually I'm no longer with this partner Mm. and that was like that alone you know Um, if if one or both of these pregnancies would have gone through and we would have stayed together we would probably have been fine but but it would not have been my truest heart's desire, I think, to express Mm. that and to live that. And um, so I don't have any regret or I'm not like sad that it didn't go through. I know that if I'm meant to have children, I will. Mm -hmm. When the time is right, when the partner is right, when everything is right. And I'm not trying to impose it or force it. Just also because maybe I'm already 38 years old, you know, and time is running out and everything. No, I'm again there. I'm really in full trust that um, what's meant to be will be, and if not, then it's then I'm then something else, you know, is going to to be my baby in a in a different way, and and I'm also going to be happy and joyful and. Fertile, because we can be fertile far beyond physical creation. So, But I wanted to say, um, on on what you were saying, indeed, the first trimester. But for me, it starts even before. And we often think fertility is just about, you know, being able to conceive and to maintain the pregnancy. But it goes far beyond for me. um, Because we might be able to conceive, but that doesn't necessarily mean we are at our optimum fertility because we might still have enough fertility so to say to carry a baby to term but then maybe the baby is has a bit of a weaker foundation or me as the mother I end up completely depleted because I already entered pregnancy with rather low batteries Mm. so for me it's about optimizing really the health and fertility of both the baby and the mother beyond just the ability to conceive and so I ideally um, would want to look at, okay, am, is my body already in in the ideal state to provide that, you know, to not just create a child, but create a strong child and a healthy child and a child that will also be fertile. Yeah. Um, so that's really already, there's a lot of work just there because honestly, these days, most people's bodies are not, as thriving and full of health and fertility as they could be. Mm-hmm. Um, and you know, we think often what is the what are the right things to do and what way is the right way to eat. And but it's not always true for us because they say a lot of things, you know, in general, but we are all individual. And so we have different needs and different um metabolisms also. And so we need to find our individual way of doing food now, for example, but of course it goes beyond the body, but now let's, if we focus on the physical body. Um, And so it's also sometimes we're cherry picking, or if we think, okay, eating vegetarian and so on, this is the way to go, but maybe it's not for us. So it's also about showing or shining the light on these places, you know, Uh, which for me was a big one, like the whole hormonal um, balance. Uh, and my way back to it brought me back to eating, for example, animal foods, animal fats. And as such today, I'm a really big um, defender also of, um, or not, um, how would you say, um, an advocate of consciously and responsibly uh, raised animals and the foods they produce. Because they can also then contribute to soil fertility, and as such, what contributes to soil fertility contributes to human fertility, it's all connected
0: mm.
1: and so it's also about this sometimes it brings us to places that we reject because maybe we know we have huge judgments about certain things and and it's nature's way to show us, you know no, maybe that's a blind spot. Um, or indeed the whole emotional conflict of what's my ideal pregnancy and birth experience versus the reality you know for me yeah. it was also coming up in this process because i really didn't want to be pregnant in the city mm-hmm. and i had this huge inner fight every time i went out on the street and i had to breathe the polluted air and i was suffering and i was trying to accept it you know okay this is just now the way it is but for me on my inside it wasn't It wasn't what i really desired and so i also realized that now after these losses i had to get myself into a different place you know and that's what i did eventually so that's part of the transformation you mentioned um i'm in a completely different place now and
0: which is so important because this is this is the thing too right with with conscious Conception, preconception I'm an advocate for preconception check out the podcast episode about preconception and um and <laughs> and conscious conception and conscious pregnancy it's whatever we're thinking and we're feeling we're also feeding our baby with and this is part of our fertility and so if I think and I believe that I'm in a toxic environment and I'm stressed every time I breathe the air or like you were just saying, like, that's exactly then what we're feeding this, this little being that's developing. So it's, it's a lot to take in really, of course. And, and we don't need to become perfectionists and, and try to do everything perfect, but creating Creating anything can be such an intricate, beautiful process. And we, if we take the time to really expand upon our environment and really expand upon how is my joy, how much joy am I embodying in, in myself and in where I'm living in my relationship and in my work, how am I a full person? <laughs> I always love that. Just how am I a full person?
1: I didn't want to say that, okay, when you live in a city, that is not a good thing. No, it needs to be true true for you. you and know?
0: that's what it was. It was for you. For me, I'm fi- I I see myself breathing trees all the time. <laughs>
1: so it's, it's, it's very personal. And we just yeah. need to be honest, when does something really become an obstacle and, um, prevent us, you know, from indeed uh, fulfilling our desires, so to say, and that's different for everybody. So mm-hmm. there's no judgment here, I want to say, it's just, we need to get really honest with what is our inner truth. Yes. What, what do I truly need? What do I truly desire? And then go for that. And of course, if life then just happens and gets in the way and says, no, now is actually the right time. Then also, well, that's the way it is, and it is. And trust that process too. Yeah. I think if anything, these two losses taught me, if it's not meant to go through, it will not go through anyway, <laughs> <laughs> you know? And, and the other way around, sometimes people get pregnant and they don't want it.
0: Yeah. And
1: it's also good for something. So we always need to trust the process. And,
0: mm. and are you, have you been, and are you in connection with the souls
1: of the babies that came to you for the time that they did? Oh my god they taught me so much even after the losses because i actually um one of the big insights i got also was about my general creation pattern like you know we we have this saying as above so below as within so without so the way we create babies is very similar to the way we create in general yeah So I was having all these mind blowing insights, you know, that for me, conception is very easy, but it's not so easy to carry to term. And that's true also for my ideas. You mentioned before, I'm a jumps and I have to focus on one and really get it through till the end and manifest it in reality. So that was a major insight. And then it was like, the conclusion was also, okay, If I manage to learn this on on this level, it will help me also on the physical level because it's always always reflecting each other. And so um, um, they actually uh, really gave me important insights also then when it comes to, for example, I'm creating a book and just being aware of the circumstances of these two pregnancy losses kind of showed me again applying this kind of analogical thinking what would i need to do to maximize actually the chance of a successful birth of this baby and to yeah. avoid you know like tuning really in how do i want to publish it which is kind of bursting it right mm-hmm. so, not going for a classical hospital, which also for baby, I wouldn't have wanted not going for classical publishing. So it really, it really gave me so much, um, which I feel comes from them, right? It's kind of um, the inspiration I get from these spirit babies. It's not personally, it's not that I'm connecting to them on a regular basis, but sometimes I feel their presence and sometimes I feel they are showing me the way in certain things. And mm. And it's just good to know they're there. And and at no point did I feel that they were sad or suffering or anything. It's just love, you know? And the fact that they came and they left, they didn't care, so to say, that they only were in my womb for a few weeks. <laughs> they, they came to communicate some something important to me, to help me grow inspired by love and they still feel loved also it's it's so beautiful actually yeah it's such a spiritual it can be such a spiritual experience in a way and um yeah
0: (laughs) i love that thank you for saying that because i just i see that again and again and again with every Every person that I, I work with and get to dialogue with lost children, whether that have been a chosen pregnancy loss or a not chosen one. And the souls are just being souls on a journey. <laughs> and they can come in and, and have so much wealth of wisdom and, and love and learning to share with us for a moment. And sometimes that's complete. Yes. Um, but it is, it is a process to getting to recognizing that completion and loving that completion and honoring that as completion as
1: well. Mm-hmm. Definitely completion is important and whatever helps you to feel complete the ritual or like something I did with you in exercise, bringing the baby back to the other side uh, mm-hmm. with him um, burying it or just in my case, the second one actually felt like really closing the loss both losses because of yeah, it felt so complete then to really um have learned what I needed to learn, and actually, for me, even it felt like the first time I was in doubt if I had twins, okay, it felt for me like the second one also was coming back just to be recognized mm. it, it, it sounds a bit weird, but this is how I felt it and so it completed it also in this sense because it was recognized and and um, I could put it to peace you know and and go on with life and actually enjoy all that i that life ha- had 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 uh, in store for me, which I could not have lived if I had indeed have the child at this point. so mm-hmm. yes. And I know it's not easy. I mean, I went through sadness. I went through anger. I went through all these emotions. It sounds like now I'm kind of completely detached from all of that. It's not true. I had my really deep processes. Mm -hmm. And that's absolutely normal and good and necessary even. I would say that we express also these emotions. We allow ourselves to cry and scream and whatever we need to do for weeks if necessary. Um, And at some point, get curious about, okay, how is this too a blessing and how is it serving me and how it helps, does it help me to grow and and look for the treasure. And that's what any symptom, I, I like to do this with any physical or mental or emotional symptom to dive deep into it because otherwise we really miss out on great growth opportunities and treasures really.
0: Mm, I love that. Look for the treasure with curiosity.
1: Yes, it's always
0: there. It's always there. This journey of life, there's always an opportunity to learn and to grow and to turn a stone into a diamond, <laughs> if we have the patience to go through the process.
1: <laughs> Absolutely, and we might indeed not be able to see it right away, but mm-hmm. it's always there. But have to look for it to find it, if we never look for it, we're not going to find it.
0: And so, yes, let's also just touch upon this, how there's such a taboo about talking about pregnancy when we become pregnant, because there's so much pressure. Actually, I also experienced that when I told people right away that we were pregnant, because I knew we were pregnant, I knew we were going to stay pregnant. But even if we weren't, People were like, you shouldn't tell people so early. And I was like, even if we don't stay pregnant, I'm going to need your support as a community member. Like, yeah. <laughs> I need everybody to know what's going on. Do you want to say something about that, Claudia?
1: For me, this is one of the driving forces also why I share today with you because I feel it needs not to be a taboo. It should not be a taboo. First of all, it's because it's just a natural process and it happens so often and actually if women knew how often it happened maybe they would not be shocked when it actually happened mm. um, because they would be more prepared but also you know I feel it's such a shame that first we are asked to keep our joy for ourselves when we yeah. find out that we're pregnant. it's such a joy you just want to shout it out to the world you know mm-hmm. and so ask to keep quiet because maybe you will lose it right and if we lose it we are asked to keep our sadness with ourselves because you know then you yeah you you also cannot just share about it you're then just supposed to 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 take a deep breath and go back to work well you know for me since i had told people about it early um i was kind of forced to also tell them then that we lost it and actually it was such a beautiful experience because it opened up so much intimacy Hmm. even to almost strangers because so many people had gone through this and then they started to share also their own processes and and you know it's such it's such more depth in a in a connection when you talk about these co- topics than as opposed to the weather or i don't know you know so i really feel um we should not hide it because this ability to yeah to share our joy and our pain it doubles the one, and it's and it's it's it half it's um halfens the pain, right? So it's really um important that we start to not always just show the shiny side. you know, we're pregnant and the belly, and no, but let's also say, let's also share the sadness and be just real and um, not ex not suppress <laughs> our emotion
0: yes so beautiful let's be authentic with the whole process
1: it's just nature it's just even if there's things you can do about it as i said because for me the skyrocketing incidence of it is maybe common but not necessarily the way it's supposed to be it's for me it's also one of the signs for in a collectively reduced fertility right Mm -hmm. we we have more difficulty to conceive but we also have more difficulty to maintain the pregnancies so it's 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 good to have this awareness but anyway it's it's just it's just life happening and and let's just indeed share realness everybody's craving realness but then we are so because we have shame you know because we have shame we feel like a failure as a woman we feel like we did something wrong and we're not successful in this, in this primal role of creating a body, we, we, the baby, we failed somehow. And, and it's important also to own this shame and to openly share it because then we can transform it because we realize that it's not just us and it's not um, you know, something, that's
0: something personal and so much of that is also deeply ancestral and we've inherited deep 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 ancestral shame and pain from our our mother lines and and the women of our ancestry that were completely unable to express these things so we're doing great great service when we choose to be authentic invulnerable in the goodness and in the not so great
1: (laughs) And it's just a service to everybody because everybody, then you you allow others to do the same. You kind of give them permission and, and it's just so liberating to just share is already creating so much healing.
0: <laughs> beautiful, beautiful, beautiful. Oh, this has been a really rich, um, really rich conversation and um, beginning to wrap it up, Claudia, is there any last piece of wisdom that you would love to leave our listeners with today?
1: I think I've said it a lot of times, but it's, it's so much about really changing the belief from life is against me. I'm always going to be punished. uh, I'm not worthy of love and happiness to life is on my side. It's my best friend um, and my body too. And everything that happens is, Is an expression of love and it does happen for a reason and to trust that my worthiness trust my body trust this higher power and and reconnect with that belief as much as necessary to really anchor it in Mm. yourself because at one point it will become your second nature and your default mode and then you really go into fertile mindset again and and once we go into fertile mindset deep down also the body goes into fertile fertility the way it's really uh meant to be you know and so yes that's basically what i would like to share
0: beautiful thank you and tell us where can we connect with you tell us about um, and I'll be including links where this is going.
1: So the easiest way is through my website, mm-hmm. which is called fertilidad.com So um, the fertile path in Spanish, if you want. Um, that's the easiest way. I don't have a Facebook anymore. <laughs> As part of my transformation, I decided to close that. Um, yes. And I recommend to sign up for the newsletter so you get uh, the, uh, the recent updates and information.
0: Yes, Claudia has a very active newsletter with blogs that are always interesting. And she also has... Do you, do you, are you also still doing the virtual Camino?
1: Yes, exactly. There's the virtual program. So I do one-on-one coaching, mm-hmm. what I call the one-on-one personal Camino your personal fertile path, right? Um, Really first assessing where you come from, um, combining lots of different tools from holistic nutrition, metabolic typing, uh, eating psychology, astrology, Chinese medicine, all that I ever (laughs) learned on my own personal and professional journey. I put at your service to really come up with your personal roadmap so to say and then we walk it together um that's the possibility or even yeah or indeed the virtual camino and the book is also hopefully coming out soon um great well we'll have you
0: back on the podcast to talk about the book (laughs) another time it's been such a pleasure thank you so much for for being here and for opening up about this
1: thank you for this opportunity i feel this also is one gift of all this you know because now it serves as fertilizer for other women and and what more beautiful gift could there be
0: Mm. (laughs) gorgeous beautiful beautiful thank you so much for listening to today's episode i'm lindsay curtis and you've been listening to her return the podcast wishing you so much goodness and if you are journeying with pregnancy loss and you're looking for some extra support go ahead and check out Claudia's website and also check out mine herreturn.com and don't hesitate don't hesitate in any sort of emotional state we need to move it we need to embrace it and know that everything is happening perfectly, even when it's very uncomfortable. And uh, you can totally, totally, totally reach the treasure in the loss. Sending you so much love and goodness. And until next time, may you return home to yourself today.